Welcome to episode 51. We've got 51 for week 15 of the NFL. See that? That's the opposite, by the yeah. way. Mirror. You interchange the numbers. Week Episode 15 yeah. for week 51 of the NFL. Yes. We're going to jump into the games. We're going to actually just do four games, do some highlights, lowlights, random thoughts. Uh, of course, we're doing our power rankings. We're looking forward towards our Super Bowl contenders, who we think stand the shot from each conference. Then we've got, as always, unqualified picks and then a movie draft. Not a movie guy, you said, right? I am not, but I will say in the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, I'm slowly becoming one. Slowly becoming a movie guy, which is perfect because we're going to do the our favorite. I was going to say the yeah. best. It's our favorite Christmas movies for the draft. We had talked about doing music before, and yes. there's just so many songs. There's so many movies, but so, there's I even mean, more songs. But Mariah Carey's done most of them. If you think she's made, it. I think I saw profited like 650 million off of. No, sorry, not 650, 65. She's made almost a billion dollars well, off Christmas. That's Taylor Swift's tour, but I know, dude. Taylor Swift, she is the time. Is it person person of the year? Because yeah, but I mean, to profit that off of one song is crazy. Which JP on Bus with the Boys, and I completely agree with this. He's like. Christmas music, it feels like people are getting lazy with it. Like artists, they, they don't create anything new. You just write a song or do a cover to get it like a paycheck. But also the, the door's wide open for us to write a Christmas banger and cash in on royalties. So let me ask it's you a kinda, question. Do you actually listen to Christ, Christmas music? Uh, Sometimes. I would say yeah. I listen to it like 10% of the time. Nah. Yeah, about 10% of the time in December. Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift. That's one of my favorites right now. Dude, I and I think that's why. The last couple of years, I'm like struggling to get in the Christmas spirit. It's because the Christmas music. The, well, the I don't listen to much Christ, Christmas music. I don't. Uh, well, I decorate a tree a little bit, but I just don't do like you know what I used well, to do. I don't have a month off of school. That that does make a difference. Caitlin and I were talking about it though, because I love Christmas, and it's been harder to get in the Christmas spirit until we go visit my parents or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I think part of it. So last December, I talked about it earlier because we, we set up decorations earlier, but we were in, in our house for nine days in December last year. Yeah. And so it's like, we, we put a tree no up and then we sick all the time. I know. Like you're just traveling all over the place, but thankfully not sick right now for once. But anyway, so we are gone. And then obviously we set up the tree and didn't enjoy it or anything like that. And then, so this year we started setting up earlier and then I didn't set up outside until like a week ago. And so it's starting to feel a little bit like Christmas, but now it's also like to try to sprint at the end of the year so we can take a break. And so I'm thinking about getting work wrapped up. Yeah. It's just harder Dude, to- Dude, that's actually, the thing. That's the thing with like when you're an actual adult and obviously none of us have like, you know, a full-blown family or anything yet. And I feel like once you have kids, like it's probably a little different. Right. Right. But dude, when you have like work deadlines and like for me- it is so tough to like look at, you know, two weeks in advance, three weeks in advance when it's like, you know, we got to take care of today. <laughs> it's like, right. Well, cause it's hard enough to take the time off. And so you're working double yeah. time to take the time off. And then, so when you get there, it's nice. I'm essentially but, when I was realized this the other day and it's such a stupid move, I'm essentially trying to burn myself out to take time off. Like how unhealthy is that? Like I'm huh. trying to like burn at both ends Get everything I want to get done by like the 22nd. And it's like, well, welcome to being an entrepreneur, honestly. But I think it's worth it. 
what I've done in the past is because it takes so much more effort to take time off. You don't take time off and then you, it's like a slow fuse that's always burning. Yeah. And so you never are able to clear your head from work. You're always focused on this stuff. And so eventually it starts catching up to you, which is what's happened to me this year. So I'm going to try to take, it's about like a week and a half off now, yeah, which cool. feels impossible right now. But I think that's going to take three or four days to get out of work. And the first couple before, or like last couple, I'm going to be thinking about starting work. And yeah. so that's the only way to have a little bit of a reset. You know, yeah. but it, it feels weird. It's going to take a couple of days to get out of that mindset, at least for sure. Yeah. But this will be our last episode of 2023. We're going to take a week off, be back in January, first Thursday of January. So I hope everyone has a good week. Safe travel if you're traveling. Good time at home if you're doing that. Whatever you're celebrating, have fun with it. But the big announcement is with a heavy heart, with, with tearful eyes that we say, this is Christian's last episode as a full-time host. Full-time. Full-time host. Full-time. I'm glad you probably make an that. appearance again here and oh, there. Oh, yeah, for sure. But for sure, for sure. We've got some fun stuff. I want to have some little trivia and things for you. But why don't you share with people why you're taking a step back, what you got going on? Because I think it's pretty awesome. I actually awesome. got signed uh, by Barstool. Yeah, he's going to a competitor. Is, I'm going to a competitor. He also uh, got signed to work with Justin Bieber. But and like, depends I got on which signed day you're by the uh, Live, Live Golf Tour. And yeah. I am making fifty million, like lots of money. <laughs> I'm hour. making so much money, like fifty million an hour. Um, no, nah, man, taking a step back. I've realized in life that uh, that I just go way too fast at way too many things, which is good and bad in many in many different situations. Um, but yeah, also realize like business is 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 doing well, and, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, business is booming, and just need to kind of uh, devote. I'm obviously devoting a lot of time to that now, but just kind of devote my full attention to that while God's given me the opportunity to, you know, stewardship, essentially a gift. And so um, it's with a heavy heart I announced that I am taking a little bit of a step back. Will I still be on a podcast episode or two? Who knows? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I will say, though, I am. It is really encouraging for me that you're doing this because I also tend to go too fast at too many things too often. And so it's encouraging that you were taking a look. You're like, I enjoy doing this. This is fun. But realistically, like this is the amount of time I have. And I feel like I need to be working on growing the business and then having time outside of work stuff. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, I think it was a great step and I'm proud of you for it. And then on the flip side of it, where I was at work wise, I want to double down yeah. on Undrafted. So uh, it is far from the end of Undrafted. We've got a lot of really fun stuff coming and hopefully 2024 will be a year of doubling down more. And so it did. It makes sense, and I think it's like great for all of us. But also, yeah. it's sad because it was it was a fun year. It was, dude. I can't believe we've done fifty one. I know it was a really fun year, and so because of that, I actually have a little undrafted amateurs trivia for you. Oh. Take the poll. First question. You're asking me this. This is for you. <laughs> okay. In our trailer episode, yeah, we said each episode would be about a certain length. Do you know how long we said the episodes? Would it was be? short. It was definitely short for sure. It was. 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes or less. So you got yeah. that one right. Ding. I knew but it was short. Do you know what their average length of the episodes of the 51 episodes have been? Oh, they gotta be. Double that. I'd say probably an hour or so. Looking pretty good. 54 minutes, 36 seconds. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> do you know what the first draft we did in the first episode? Oh. Oh, that's a tough one. The first episode we did, because we've done a draft every single episode for 51 episodes. 
I feel like it was something very vague because we started some vague drafts mm-hmm. at first. So we started it the first week in January. Favorite things about winter. Close. It was best of 2022. That's what it was. And you yeah. remember you did the the I love corn. <laughs> it's corn. Dude, that feels like such a long time ago. I know. There's a couple more questions for you. That was a great one. Though. That was a great one. You That was one of your best drafts. You had a good one the last episode. <laughs> so it's like beginning and ends. Yeah, were dude, your peaks look, there. I, I'm good. I hit it good at first. and, and That's, that's all that matters. I leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what has been our most popular episode, do you think? Like topic-wise, you don't have to know the number of it, just topic or what happened in the episode. or JP? His was second. Ah. Second by nine um, views. Oh, so close, dude. So close. I'm on fire right now. You are doing pretty good. Um, I don't know, probably one that said Taylor Swift in the caption. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the one with James. So you got the same initials, JP and James Patterson. Look at that. Oh, you should have played it off. That's what I meant. I was talking about his initials. That's what I'm talking about. James? Okay, then. What what an animal that guy is. What a beast. One day I want to be like that guy in the gym. Uh, Five, question number five for you. Do you know what our most popular clip on social media was? So um, the Taylor Swift one was pretty popular. Like the one of me Mm -hmm. discussing the Travis Kelsey. Uh, But there's one that got... Gosh, it was like, it was a while ago. Uh, I don't know. Some kind of draft? Was it a draft? It was. The one you're thinking about was we had did teams coming out of college that's that was going to be drafted. And so that the was the biggest teams. on TikTok. Yes, that's right. But the right. biggest one overall was actually the Travis Swift, Taylor Kelsey endgame clip where you were talking about was it in your gut. Dude, that, that's that was, what I was talking yeah, about. That yeah, was yeah. at 1.6 million between the two. Let's go. That's our biggest one. The, the, yeah. cur- the carrots. It was, I don't know yeah. if you had to go to the bathroom or you had a feeling, <laughs> but turns out that feeling was right. And then last question for you. Number of times you said Josh Allen is an overrated top three quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I didn't actually look up the top. Oh, I, I thought you did. I was... I would have loved it. Like, I thought about it too. It's probably like, like eight. Like, I feel like eight's a good. Yeah, because it's probably one episode that you said it six times. Yeah, five times and then you know, said it peppered like through. Four, yeah. Four, maybe like 11. Yeah, maybe 11. That's fair. Um, anyway. Maybe 11 times. That was fun. So then the other one I have for you, I was, was going to do a Florida man challenge for all time's sake. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, but fair enough. instead, I thought it'd be fun to read a headline from each month of this past year we've been doing the podcast. Okay. Okay. So for those of you who are newer listening, we used to do something called the Florida man challenge. It yep. was built out of... Like, you know how you'd search your birthday, look up Florida Man and see a crazy story. And we're like, could we actually decipher if it was real or fake, writing a real one or getting a real one, then writing a fake one, and yep. then we'd go back and forth. And we realized that the truth was far more absurd than anything we could come up with. Yeah. So we gave up because it was absurd. So here is 2023 in Florida. January, a man was arrested after he pulled out his pistol because a Wingstop order was taking too long. We've all been there, though. We've all been there. <laughs> Apparently, he, uh, his girlfriend was there and intervened, and then security cameras, you know, captured him pulling a weapon out, and he went to jail for that. We've but February, there. the hardest month to say, a Florida man went full Ozzy Osbourne and bit the head of a pet snake off in oh, a, do- in a domestic dispute. Oh, that freaks me out, dude. 
It was uh, so. However, this domestic. I, I wonder if it was a domestic dispute Shut over. Up. It's like you, It's like you want this pet snake. You think this pet snake's yours? Now you can't have it. I I, I feel like it went something more like. Um, you think I'm crazy? You really think I'm crazy? <laughs> yes, I think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, you're an animal. Dude. You're an animal, and you just ate an animal. March. A Florida man had his car stolen right in front of him while he was making a video showing off his chains outside of a gas station. I actually saw this video for it. It was hilarious. He was talking, like, flexing all his chains and stuff. And then you see someone get in his car and drive <laughs> off right behind them. It was so absurd. I thought it was staged. It might still be staged. Who knows? Um, April, greatest month ever. A Florida man covered in grease, peppermint oil, arrested after breaking into homes. Grease? Oh, it's it supposed to be grease, peppermint oil, and blood, I believe. Oh, broken homes? Yeah, he was just breaking into homes, covered himself with grease. Maybe that's who broke into our home. Yeah. Did you find any peppermint oil and grease left behind? Uh, well, uh. I just have found stuff that resembled that, but... It's kind of greasy. May, a Florida man loses an arm to an alligator after using the pond as a bathroom. So man uh, had to go. Think about, of, the guy got lucky. I was about to say, a lot of us have done that. I'm saying that guy was unlucky, first of all, and then also lucky if you think about it. How's he lucky? Because he didn't If he's using the, the pond as a bathroom, it could have been a different appendage oh, taken. Oh, yeah. Just, just throwing that out Dude, there. Dude, that's scary. That was kind of wild. It was a 10-foot alligator. And it took what? Uh, an arm. Or it said he lost an arm, so I don't know if it was bit clean off or just kind of like nipped and then fell off. You know what I mean? But an alligator's in a pond? It, uh, yeah. So it's probably like, you know how like in Florida, it's like the swampy ponds. Yeah. It's not like a, well, even at golf courses. like I hate alligators, stuff. dude. I realize I'm that. fascinated by them, which is <laughs> makes Florida man really fun. Yeah, it makes sense for you. I'm kind of crazy like that. I'll bite a head of a snake off. Crazy like that. Mm-hmm. A floor in June, a Florida woman was stopped by police when they observed her riding her bike at night without lights. For some reason, the woman gave them permission to search her backpack. Inside the backpack, officers found a meth pipe and a baby raccoon. So Becca calls those forced puppies. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, ooh, a puppy. Literally the other day, she was like, a raccoon was wagging its tail. She goes, look at that forced puppy. I'm like, oh no. Honestly, that's hilarious. It makes yeah. sense. That adds up. Okay, what month was it? That was July. No, that was June. Okay. In July, it was a pretty normal month, you know, just a regular high-speed chase. And so a Florida man led cops on a high-speed chase down the highway going, I think he went like 120 miles an hour, got off the exit, and then stopped in front of a gated community. And then the cops arrested him. And when they were arresting him, he said, um, make sure I get this right, and I quote, the chase made him feel like he was in the video game Grand Theft Auto. Imagine that. Like you're in an adrenaline race. You're the cop. You're arresting the guy. And he goes, ooh, that chase made me feel like I was in Grand Theft Auto. Made me feel something. Made me feel some type of way. Oh. And then in a few more months in August, a Florida man arrested for going. Oh, that was August. No, not. There's another car one this August. A Florida man was arrested for going over two times the speed limit. And then when he was pulled over, he failed his sobriety test while also wearing a shirt that said, I'm the reason the beer's always gone. <laughs> and it's all, there's a video of this arrest too. And he was like, I don't want to s deny anything that could be 
blown back on me or whatever. And he's like wearing this shirt. And then he's like, why are you arresting me? And they're like, well, you're driving under the influence and you went over two times the speed limit. <laughs> the man was dumbfounded at why he could have possibly wait, wait, been arrested why, for that. Why, why me? <laughs> it was like a 2-0 something that he blew apparently. Dude, that's like, what? What is that? That's well, three po- times? 0.08, so not quite um, three times. But two and a half. But I mean, interesting. Then September, I think we talked about this one, but a man stole an excavator, excavator and drove it into Walmart. Drove it around the parking lot, then broke in. I mean, think about that. You just like pop in. You're like, I'll take, Dude, I'll that take some of that. Dude, friends, family's businesses. They car drove, drove into their business. That's I, that, I feel like that happens more often than you would think. Apparently, it's like an old person who like couldn't stop the car or something and literally just... The video is actually like it's hilarious. Well, it's why every convenience store and gas station have those barricades at yeah. the end of parking, and you're like, "Why is this here?" Oh, and then oh, you know, that's why. Um, that's, that's actually why. smart, though. If you think about it, yeah. Like Worth Wawa, it. Wawa has those. Yeah, like pretty much all of them have it now. Yeah. And then in October, a Florida man was caught keeping an alligator in a garage illegally. That doesn't even seem like headline. Seems worthy. normal. That seems. I have a pet yeah. alligator. Yeah, babe, forest puppies. Then last two, that's brilliant, forest puppies. Last two in November, a Florida man was arrested for imitating a border patrol car, but instead of border control, it was a booty control car. So it was like a, a normal border control, but instead of it saying border control, it the just said bo- booty control. The car did? Yeah. And it was painted everything the exact same way. Dude, that's hilarious. And then in December, a Florida man was arrested for sexually molesting a manatee mannequin at a restaurant. Hold on. I have multiple questions here. The manatee's nuts. Yeah, so it's bestiality with an inanimate object. Unconsensually, non-consensually. In a restaurant? Hold on. Someone was overserved, I guess. Was it was it a live manatee? No, it was a mannequin. Oh, a mannequin. A mannequin manatee. That's what I'm saying with a inanimate object. Were there details in what he did? <laughs> no, there were not details in the article I saw. Maybe there were in some, but So essentially it was probably hanging on the wall, right? Or something. I'm assuming, and then maybe it got taken down. And then he took it down and goes, Hey, <laughs> watch this. All right. Well, we will transition into NFL. But before that, we've got the last Iceman with you here. Oh, I love this. What's up, everybody? This week's unsung hero is somebody you probably haven't heard of in a little over a decade, 12 years to be precise. In 2011, March Madness gave us another one of its heroes, a guy that had been overlooked by other big schools, but had the opportunity to go somewhere and just absolute shine. That guy was James Taft Fredette, better known as Jimmer Fredette. We all were obsessed, right? This guy comes out of nowhere, starts shooting shots from the logo, vintage Steph Curry-level range. And Jimmer goes on to be a top pick in the NBA draft. With the 10th pick in the 2011 NBA draft, the Milwaukee Bucks select Jimmer Fredette from Brigham Young University. But after several rounds with other teams, the Pelicans and the Knicks, and a little run in the, in the G League, Jimmer kind of fizzled out in the NBA. It kind of fell apart for him. So he went over to China, where he found himself a little niche, and he ended up averaging for three straight seasons around 37 points per game. 
Guy had like 70 point games at one point. He just absolutely went off. But he came back to the NBA where it fell apart one more time. And that just became unfortunate because for a guy like Jimmer, basketball is life. Yeah, insert Danny Rojas. But <laughs> what happens next is really cool. He found himself a different avenue. And if you know me, you know that one of the things I love to look forward to is the Olympics. Every other year, we get to be as patriotic as we want about sports we have no interest in and obsess about them for a whole month. Upcoming in 2024, Paris will be hosting the Summer Olympic Games. And here's the fun part. Jimmer Fredette will be playing basketball for Team USA. That's right. The dream team, whatever you want, Jimmer is going to be a part-ish of it. You see, yeah, while the main team will have names like LeBron and otherwise, the three-on-three team is captained by none other than James Taft Fredette, a guy who has grinded his way back into the limelight and hopefully will soon be an Olympic gold medalist. Here's to you, Jimmer. You're this week's unsung hero. Dude, Danny Rojas, he cracked me up every time. Danny Rojas, what a guy. Uh, Football is life. Basketball is life. I love the Olympics. But football is also death. (laughs) (laughs) That's when he kicks the bird, right? (laughs) No, was it a bird or dog? It's a dog. I'd be thinking about Randy Johnson when he he hits the bird pitch. I'm thinking it was the mascot, Mm -hmm. like the dog. Yeah, I think that's because he like misses it. He shanks it. Uh, also, fun fact, I always get Randy Jackson and Randy Johnson confused. Obviously, I'm like American Idol host, great pitcher. Yeah, Randy but I, I'm Jackson, like, which one's yeah. which? I don't know why that Randy Jackson me was the 6'10 pitcher. Randy Johnson was the guy on American Idol. I love the Olympics, though. The Olympics is, I used to really love it as a kid. I kind of grew, grew away from it, to be honest. Wow. Does that make you feel cool to say that? No, not at all. I mean, yeah. I, I'm kind of disappointed, but... Well, you should be. Like the figure skater, not figure skater, but the speed skater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ocho. Yeah. Dude, I used Ocho to obsess Cinco? about that guy. And like, yeah, gold medals, I used to keep up with it all the time with the Olympics. And I, dude, I have not watched the Olympics. Much. so much better than everyone else's. Well, I also hate the Olympics because our best athletes don't play in it. Traditionally. Traditionally. Well, it goes through uh, like phases, I feel like. You get like the dream team that's stacked with everyone, and there's going to be a couple of years like we're going to play baseball and no one's going to go. Or you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. it's stuff like that. Stupid. Anyway, NFL time. In perhaps the weirdest game of the season. Yeah. I think it's far. fair to say that. The Raiders beat the Chargers 63-21. to 21. So I took the Raiders uh, to score more than 60 points here at plus 20,000. <laughs> would be like plus 100,000 because a mere four days after being shut out in the lowest scoring indoor game in NFL history, when they lost in a last two minute field goal, three, nothing, they come back. And at the start of the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter, it was 63 points they put up. They were seven or 10 points away from the NFL record. And they couldn't do it. Well, they also pulled off the gas a little bit. They kind of drove down a little bit and then turned the ball over. But I mean, at that point, you got to go for it. You get shut out four days before. I just before. don't understand why I don't go for it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. get shut out four days before. It's not like you're worried about the playoffs or anything like this. Go for the record. That's just crazy. Imagine going, being shut out. So they said, I think it was in the 60s the last time the Raiders had scored this much or something like that. John, No, that's before John Madden. Yeah. So if you look at the, because the Dolphins obviously put up 70 against the Broncos this year. 
the ones before that were 70, because the record 73 were like in the 50s and 60s. So like you're putting on a record that hasn't even been touched in a while but before what? the Broncos. Didn't the Dolphins score 70? Yeah. Yeah, so they were close. That's what, so this year they were close. They should 100% just kick the field goal and tied it. But I mean, how wild. Why? Their defense went off. The Jack Jones' interception for a touchdown was nice. Yeah. Well, you know what this was? A bounce back game. Who bets on bounce back games? I do. This is beyond a bounce back <laughs> I know game. It is. Yep. Staley's gone. <laughs> Surprise. Shocker. <laughs> My favorite thing was uh, Richard Sherman at halftime. He's like, they should, you know, make NFL history and make Staley the first coach fired at halftime in a game. Oh, yeah. How They're like, awesome hey, don't come back out. Yeah, you're good, buddy. But man, the owner comes up. You're that fine. was like, so. It was what 49, 42, nothing or something like that at halftime. I was bummed because I picked up the Raiders last minute, adding them to my defense before kickoff, and then they gave up some garbage time touchdowns, which was kind of stupid. So it was like twenty one points, which was they ended up still scoring twenty five because they had two pick sixes or two defensive touchdowns. You played like three, them, yeah? Why? No, I picked them up and played the Raiders. Why? Because I had no faith in the Chargers going into this game. And wow. I was like, I think the Raiders are a pretty good defense. They're going to get some sacks. I had, I have Dallas in that same league and they were going to Buffalo. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it makes sense. I was like, they're a number one offense, but I'm going to pick the Raiders up, sub them out. And then they put up 25 for me. But I, I mean, at one point they had 30. Dude, but 25 for defense is. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not ridiculous. mad about it, but garbage time. I wish fantasy defenses were ranked a little bit better. So that it accounted for garbage time touchdowns. It accounted for when the offense turns the ball over on the six-yard line. You know what I mean? Like bigger plays, essentially? Yeah, because it's like in here, it's saying, well, they allowed 21 points to the Chargers. The third-string defense is playing the game's over at this point. The actual Raiders' defense was lights out. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I feel like fantasy misses that. But it happens on the offense, too, positively. It's like you score yeah. some garbage time touchdowns, you score things. I just wish it was a little bit weighted based off of situations. Um, you know? Yeah, like if you're up by 30, touchdowns don't yeah. count. Or at least negatively. Like, it, say you can say for the offense, if you score a touchdown later, it counts. That's great. That's exciting. But your defense should not be negatively impacted for those. If you're up by a certain amount. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like that. I'll, I'll call it again after this. As the league commission, maybe you can set it up next year. Gosh, I'm going to have to dish out $1,000. $1,000. Anyway, that's all I want to say about this game. Other pretty exciting game, Bengals-Vikings. The Saturday games are back. They're pretty good. This would have been a game I was extremely excited about going into the year. Like I would have circled this oh, one on the calendar. Yeah, and yeah. then over the year, you're like, this is going to well, get worse. You're like, you're disappointed. Hurt. Jake yeah. Browning, though, has been going off. I saw somewhere that he's got the best completion percentage through three starts or like second best in NFL history. Dude, he's the answer. They got to trade Joe Burrow. As get rid soon, of him, dude. Joe Burrow's just not good. Get, get a couple good offensive linemen and go from there. Yeah. I will say, though, he's looking good. And he led the Bengals to 21 in the fourth quarter, 21 points in the fourth quarter. It was a great That's comeback. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, tush push does not work for everyone. No, that's the other key we of this game. We saw that by not just the Bengals, we or saw the that. Vikings. Yeah, we saw that. Or I mean, Tush Push does not work for everyone. I'm telling you what, man. The Eagles have it down to an absolute mm -hmm. science, and if they ban it at the end of the season, 
I might ban the NFL. I saw a good article that was talking about how NFL officiating is terrible this year and we're the reason why. It's like every year you complain about it and every year it's been getting worse and you just keep watching it. You keep consuming it in the same way. You don't do anything about it. Should we start a petition? I feel like that's what we should do. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I would love to, but am I willing to give up football? No. You see what I'm saying? That's the problem. It's like gas. If it's a bad TV show, what do I do? Stop watching it. But it's like gas. Prices. Inelastic demand. Mm-hmm. That's why I went electric. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's Am why I going to go it. XFL? You're not going to. <laughs> I'm not going you to. Know? You're just not. It's yeah, not I mean, the product, the, the thing that sucks is like the product could even get so much worse and yeah. you'd still watch it. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's terrible. We we have no backbone when it comes to it. T. Higgins had a great catch. <laughs> dude, his catch was unreal. Justin Jefferson after the game when he was like, dude, you crazy for that. That was unreal. I mean, the sideline awareness, too. It was a tough catch. Comes in, makes a great break. Sideline awareness, and then flips the ball around. Also, the DB shooters. Like, I'll take one of those. Slap it out the end zone. Something. I guess. Gonna make so it fast. Though. I know. Well, it's more, I think it was kind of stunned. It's like, what just happened? What am I watching? Yeah. It's like from like, me to you away. But like that, like yeah. that, you couldn't, you couldn't react quick enough. Anyway, great catch. The You're other great. thing I'll say is all of Saturday, because I had the Bengals covering in our predictions last week. And in real life, it was minus three. And all, all day, I was like, great, we got to push here, move on. And then I checked something later and realized that when we recorded last Tuesday, it was minus three and a half. I was like, no. And Joe got that L. Yeah, I got the L. It was another bad week, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we don't have to. <laughs> That'll come up eventually. Okay, Sunday night game. Bills 31, Cowboys 10. The Cowboys got dog walked. Dude, embarrassing. We were worried about them playing on the road. You chose... Um, Buffalo to cover, which we we both thought was a good idea, but no one saw. Yeah, maybe. Well, some people might have seen the Bills winning by a lot, but if I told you going into this game that Josh Allen will have less than a hundred passing yards, you're like, okay, it's done. Like they're gonna lose by a hundred. You know what I mean? You're not thinking that James Cook is putting up 179 rushing yards. No. Well, here's the thing, dude. The thing is, like, it looked like Alabama used to look, right? When Alabama would have 250 rushing yards, 70 passing yards, and then win 45-3 because their defense was so good, and then their running game was mm-hmm. so good, right? So they they could put they could put Christian Mosher QB, and they're still beating most teams. Well, it's like the classic handoff left, handoff right, handoff left. Yeah, exactly. So I, I watched the game, dude, and I tell you what, I— I don't know. Like the Cowboys looked like completely lost. So offensively, at least too, both offensively, defensively. But like, I was shocked. I knew. I'm like, I kind of anticipated it was going to be some type of high scoring game, mm-hmm. right? I thought it was to me because like both offenses are like high potent offenses, express offenses, especially if they're going to have to throw the ball a lot and they're yeah. down. So I was like, I felt like it was going to be like a you know a. 35-28 games somehow, or yep. like something like that. But I did not, dude. Yeah, the Cowboys scored, I guess, a touchdown at the end. But like, dude, what? So I agree. I think for me, I'm more impressed with Buffalo than I am concerned with Dallas. I'll start with Dallas. 
I think I was already concerned that they play bad situational ball, that they're not good on the road, the way that their they're offense just not is good on the road. Well, and dude. the way their offense is set, like you need to be able to hear at the line and do all these things. And it's like, I understand. So it doesn't really surprise me. What I'm very impressed with on Buffalo standpoint or from Buffalo standpoint is that I've been high on them. I'm saying like, if they make the playoffs, I would be nervous, right. which I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And so I would be nervous if I was in the AFC, but the impressive thing is I've been saying that Josh Allen has been forced to be a superstar. Correct. He's like Superman. And this game, they came out and defensively shut him down and offensively ran it down their throats. And they were just way more physical and way grittier than the Cowboys for Buffalo. The amount of confidence that this has to give you that you can essentially do this game without Josh Allen being Josh Allen has to feel so good. It has to. And Josh, it has to give Josh a lot of confidence. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to force these throws anymore. No. Here's what's happening without it. Our defense don't turn is the ball down. over, play smart. And all of a sudden, dude, the Bills are a force yeah. to be reckoned with. And then it's like, there are going to be some points where Josh Allen needs to be the gunslinger, where he needs to be the playmaker, not like a game manager, which I feel like game manager is getting this bad knock lately. That is what you want your quarterback to be in a lot of ways. You want them, I think you want them to be able to be a game changer. And if you don't have pieces around you, but like you want your quarterback to facilitate well, to run the game well, to, you know what I mean? To bring the best out of players around them. And in this game, Josh Allen kind of did that. Yeah. He kind of stayed out of the way and let the run game take off. There's going to be games like that Chiefs game in the playoffs a couple years ago where he needs to step up and just sling the ball and he'll do that. Yeah. There's always going to be those games. What did uh, when the Eagles played the Bills? Yeah, what was I can't remember the, the score. I I think Eagles won by what three points maybe. It was thirty four thirty seven because Eagles, uh, they yep. kicked the field goal and then the Eagles drove down and got a touchdown. Right, right, that's right. So, dude, like this is how weird the NFL is this year. Okay, mm-hmm. Eagles beat the Bills pretty recently. What four three four weeks ago. The Cowboys just dogged the Eagles, blew them out, and then the Bills just blew out the Cowboys. Right. Which, but that's, I feel like that's always how December goes, too. December's crazy. But like, if you look crazy. at these two, it was a great game. This was, I think, the Eagles' best game when the Bills Eagles game was the best game that the Eagles had played this year. Yeah. There were other better wins, but like they came back, they, they had the clutch factor of winning. In overtime, yeah. they put up 17 in the fourth quarter. So sexy. It's like, that's that's a great game. Then they had the so Niners sexy. right afterwards, and they started off decently well. Like, defensively, they were locking them down. Yep. They got to two field goals at first, and then all of a sudden, the 49ers started punching them in the mouth. Uh-huh. And that was a big turning point to me. It was. It's like, they hadn't had a team that just got up and started punching them in the mouth. And then when the Niners started was doing it. it, they're like, that we're tired now. Like, we're going to roll 100%, over. Dude, and for the yeah. last three games, they've rolled over. But anyway... I love to see it. That's that's the last thing I'm saying about this Bills Cowboys game. Is I just, you know what, I loved it, dude. And that I love really watching the Cowboys get dogged. Tony Watt, that I think before this game, Dak was leading in the MVP race. Mm-hmm. Dude, all of a sudden you perform like the way he did. Yeah, and they get blown out by the Bills. We'll see. Mm-hmm. That's also like, dude, it is. You're right. It's December, like the December January NFL football. Where this is this really shows like obviously who like the the true playoff teams are and and like the Cowboys have a, a tough end to the season. They do. To me though, with NFL, 
it's what I was saying all along. It's like any team could be any team. It's not like college where, where you're playing random ones. The other big thing to me, though, is which teams can avoid getting blown out. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, the 49ers, Ravens right now, it's like they're going to lose to other teams. Like that'll happen at some point. You can expect that throughout a season. But to lose by 30, that's what you really want to avoid in the NFL. To lose by like 20. You know what I mean? It's like that. But a good team should not lose by 20. I don't know. I would disagree there. I Why? think I think when you play 17 games in the NFL, I think you're going to be naturally a couple of them. You're just going to be off. Right. But if you're so off that you're just getting like that's part of being an elite team, though, is that you don't have maybe I should have said that an elite team versus a good team. It's like a good team will have just off days where they get rolled. An elite team will have off days they don't win, but they're not going to get dog walked like the Cowboys got dog walked. They're not going to get yeah, way out physical. They're just going to lose a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I, know, I hate the Cowboys, so I love to see this. Yeah, yeah. Another team I hate, the Eagles. Hated <laughs> to see them go down 20 to 17 to the Seahawks. That's a bad Seahawks loss, deliver man. the Eagles their third so straight loss. So here, okay, as much as I hate to say this, mm-hmm. it pisses me off to say this. Here's when you start to sound the alarm, right? If you're mm-hmm. an Eagles, if you're in the Eagles organization. I think like people did not give them nearly enough credit for the stretch that they've played in the last seven, eight weeks. Like they have played almost all the top teams in the NFL back to back to back to back to back. So like they've had a very tough schedule. So like I, I get like being outplayed by the 49ers. They're very hot right now. I kind of get the Cowboys at home. Like mm-hmm. the Cowboys at home are just a different football team. Yeah. I don't get this. This is kind of where I draw the line. I mean, in, in my humble opinion about the Eagles, because it's like, if you're a top team right now in December in the NFC, like they're, they're gunning for the number one seed, mm-hmm. right? In the yeah. NFC. And obviously to win the division, you just see the Cowboys get absolutely murdered by the Bills. Mm-hmm. And you go, and don't go wrong, Seattle is, you know, it's not a bad team and it's in Seattle. It's not an easy game to win by any means. But you win that football game. You also, the Seahawks are coming off of three losses because you talk about the, the Eagles gauntlet. They had to go Seahawks, 49ers, Cowboys in Dallas, 49ers again, so, yeah. and then Eagles coming in. And so they're tired. They're beat up that same way. And, yep. and then the Eagles, though, had just dropped two. It's like both teams needed to win this game. Yes, they did. And so that's concerning to me that the Eagles can't pull that out late in November. It's unbelievably concerning. And the reason I say that Mm -hmm. is like, also the way the game ended was unbelievably concerning. Like the Eagles have been such a solid team down the stretch all season, like in like late fourth quarter games. Yeah. And like they're up 17, 13. Yep. And you can't get one more first down to either seal the deal, Mm -hmm. kick a field goal, you know, pretty much put it away. You can't do that from an offensive standpoint. And then from a defensive standpoint, they drive the whole length of the field in what was it, a minute and a half? Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Like, Drew Locke is the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. And I mean, so props to Seattle. They kept fighting. Drew Locke looked good at the end. The the pass we were talking it about was before we nice started pass, recording. Man, it was. Great pass, but an even better catch when Jackson Smith and Jig. But like that's a hard one in the rain to like chase that down, fully extended, pretty much in the end zone. But I think, I mean, Jalen Hurts after the game was saying that he felt like the Eagles weren't committed as much. 
um, aren't committed as much, or I don't remember the exact way he said it. Uh-huh. And to me, that's what it feels like with the Eagles is their pieces there. They're one of the best built teams in the NFL. I would say they're in the top three, probably. Yeah. Four maybe wise. of like best constructed teams, all the pieces. Especially being there. offensively. Defensively. But but even defensively, it's like there's been some injuries. They've got a great D-line, great like backers. Great D-line, they have, a couple good linebackers, but their secondary is literal garbage. It's not great. But still, it's like if you look at all the other teams in the league, they're well built. They are. They don't have excuses to drop three in December. And the way that they did. When you have, when you get, you escape two close games with uh, the Chiefs and the Bills, which is good, right? You know two what I mean? good wins, yeah. Then you get punched in the face by the 49ers. Then you get punched in the face by Dallas. Yeah. You've got to respond and you can't do this. Agreed. That's what I'm saying. That's why like yeah. now I kind of draw a line where it's like the, the alarm bells are ringing if you're, you know, in the Eagles organization because you're like, first of all, and also mm-hmm. kind of sketchy thing that happened, they switched their defensive play caller this late in the season at 10 and 3. Like, yeah. And don't get wrong, defense, I mean, defense has not been playing well, you know, but at the same time, like, my biggest thing, yes, it's at Seattle. I mean, Seattle defense is is a pretty solid defense. It's not a bad it's a tough defense. place to play. It's a tough place to play. It was in the rain. But you should score. Like, they scored the first drive, mm-hmm. right? And then in the next 10, in the next 55 minutes of the game, they score 10 points as an offense. Like, this time, I actually don't blame the defense, even though I would have blamed the defense a lot. The last, but this time, like, I don't blame it. Like, you got to score some freaking points against Seattle. Like you, you, like you said, you have the line, you have Jalen Hurts, you have AJ Brown, you have Devonta Smith, you have um, Goddard who's back. That's a huge one to get back. Mm-hmm. Like you have the pieces, but you got to freaking score. Like they didn't score an offensive touchdown against Dallas. Yeah, that's. That's what I'm saying. It's like, this is your chance to answer, and this is how you answer. It's almost like the offense is just like, for whatever reason, not clicking. Yeah. Um, well, let's jump into lowlights okay. from week 15. Uh, do you want to start? or do you, I've got one. Since we were just talking about effort, the Steelers receivers have the worst camera moments of trying to block during run. Or it's like they're taking, they're halfway walking off the line. They're like, here's my block. It looks terrible. I would, if I were a coach, they would be benched at this point, like Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Like they're amazing receivers, but you can't give that kind of effort and expect to win. Like that's what makes the 49ers great is that they, like they talk about like the film tells a story. It's like if we're watching film and it's a run play and you're on the other side and you're not putting someone in their butt, then like you're going to get ostracized by the locker room. And then you look over at the Steelers right now and they're not even making, they're not making any effort to make a block. It's so bad. It made me so mad. I was why like, no think, wonder they lost. Why do you think that is? You think it's a coaching thing? Or you I, think I it's love a, Mike Tomlin. I don't know if yeah. it's him. I just, I don't know, man. It. That's why I'm staying away from. They were winning, and I put them in the top 10 at one point because I was like, well, they're 7-3, and three, I think, at the time. They've dropped, obviously, several since. But yeah, I'm like, man, this is that's concerning to me. You know what's crazy? I feel like we've talked about so many players in the last you know, few weeks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know who we've never talked about all season that just dawned on me yesterday? Can you pick ago? it? Matthew Stafford. 
We haven't had one conversation, I think, the Dude, entire that's true. about Matthew Stafford. Like, we haven't said a word about him. Well, because I don't know why we haven't, because I picked the Rams over team total because I was like, they're looking nice. And you were talking about how um, the Ravens couldn't win against a close team. I'm like, what about the Rams? And you're like, well, they're the Rams. I'm like, but they're looking nice. I just never once do we mention we Matthew Stafford. But Matthew that's what we're Stafford. saying. It's like we've got Puka and Cooper Cup, and then Matthew Stafford's looking really nice. <laughs> we just haven't even talked about it. Anyway, anyway. is that a highlight, him? And he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. We're talking about low lights here. Uh, kind of, but I want to talk about that game. I want to talk about how the Washington Commanders are a low light. I mean, dude, they were down two scores. Okay? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they get the ball with five minutes to go. And like in 30 seconds, they drive to the one-yard line. Yep. So with what, four and a half minutes, maybe 445, they're on the one-yard line. Down two scores, but they have three timeouts. Just punch it in. You're down a score. Stop them. And you actually have a chance to put this game in overtime. Mm -hmm. It took them eight tries. It was like four minutes, right? Three minutes, two minutes, something like that. Three minutes long. And it took them eight tries to get in from the one. They did three downs. Didn't get in. The fourth down, they passed it. Pass interference defensively in the end zone. So they get four new downs, and then it took them four. It took them to fourth down of the next round. No, that was so bad, dude. What? Like, first of all, Ron Rivera, like that whole sequence right there. He, he maybe the Panthers will be one in fifteen this year. Like, what in the world are you doing? You have four forty-five left. You're down two scores on the one-yard line. They ran. By the way, they ran. I was watching this game. They ran two plays. In a row, both of them were runs, right? Both of them went down to the one mm-hmm. on the play clock. What? I'm going to do the NFL officiating, specifically the Broncos-Lions game, when <laughs> the Broncos scored three times in a row. They get down, the there's the pass across the middle where he clearly breaks the plane, they mark him short. Second play, Javante Williams goes around, breaks the plane, they call him short. Third play, they score, but they get flagged for an offensive offsides because his helmet's in the neutral zone. And I am convinced right now that the NFL, after the the debacle with the Bills and the Chiefs, they're like, guys, everyone's really mad. We need to have a quota, and we're going to call at least six more offensive offsides next week. Yep. And then they decide to do this. It's ridiculous. Dude, I guarantee that that's exactly... Guarantee there's a quota. Guaranteed, there's some type of hey, you gotta you gotta call one in the game, right, or something like that. Yeah, it's so well, they're stupid. like, and, like you can't make one up, but anything that you see that's offsides, call it immediately. It's so stupid. I am so sick of like because it doesn't affect the play at all. It's so dumb. Oh, that was bad. Uh, real quick, since I just said the Chiefs, I don't we we don't like we make an effort to not go after players, but Kadarius Tony, dude. If I were Patrick Mahomes, and you can see it, he looks so frustrated. But that the second interception that he threw, first one, I can't remember what receiver. It was, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, second one, Kadarius Tony just bobbles it like three times, and then it gets picked off. I'm like, what? Dude. At what point does he need like to be right benched? In the hands. At, but it, that's, there was not even a defender close. And then he just bobbles it, bobbles it, bobbles it. And then eventually the defenders come over to make a tackle and then catch the football for an interception. Like at what point has Kadarius Tony screwed the Chiefs over so many times that he just gets benched? Why don't you like 
Why? Why don't you? I guess just because he's like quick. Man, he's playing I, hot potato out there. I would love it because again, I don't like trashing players. I would love it if he had just had an amazing game against New England. But it's just game after game after game. Dude, you gotta you gotta stop. You it's have to it's stop. too much at this point. Anyway, yeah. you got, what else you got? Well, I should have called you earlier because when I was looking on SeatGeek Saturday for the Panthers game on Sunday, six rows on the 50-yard line. I mean, you could practically be on the field. I think it was $58. Well, because I saw a graphic that it was $0.45, cents, I think, plus tax to go there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, someone saw like a ridiculously low ticket. Yeah, yeah. But no, that was most of the tickets in the yeah. upper deck. Yeah. There Dude. were a reported, I think, 5,200 people there. Out of Bank of America, I think, hold 70,000. I haven't confirmed this, but I think I saw that this was one of the lowest attendance in NFL history. And granted, it was terrible weather. It was cold. It was rainy. It looked miserable. And the Panthers are miserable to watch. Dude. But wow. But Maybe that's the strike we were talking about. Maybe they're actually rebelling against Tepper and they're doing I something would. about it. Actually, you know? I kind of like that. Kind of like that too. You have any other ones? No. Uh, okay. Um, last one I will say on it is the Jags keep destroying themselves. They are a good team. Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. What? Or like has potential to be a good quarterback. Hold on. His upside is good, but he and the rest of the team have just been shooting themselves in the foot. Like the his fumble where he just straight drops it. He It's like he got nervous about the hit and just drops it. He's a quarterback. They know you just pretend to slide and then you get 15 extra yards. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to let you go there, but I just wanted to piss you off. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah that pisses me off (laughs) (laughs) well highlights time way more fun uh is baker franchise qb dude well he's the first one to go to lambeau and have a perfect perfect passer rating first opposing quarterback to walk into lambeau field with a perfect passer rating stud dude maybe it just took him a few years you know (laughs) dude how about this the panthers held on to him right they get frank reich yep they still have dj moore they still have Christian McCaffrey. No. I'm just saying, like, theoretically, like, imagine that. They still have David Tepper. There's the That's bomb and all of this. That's but here's the thing with Baker. I don't understand why he gets ridiculous hate from some people. He does. And then some people like you, ridiculous love. I do I'm love like, him. Yeah. I'm just like, I just think he's a good quarterback. Like, I don't think he's that great. I don't think he's that terrible. But, like, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. I thought the Browns should have held on to him. I was vocal about that at the time. Agreed. I think he is a def- the definition of mm-hmm. a 15th ranked QB in the league. Yeah. Like and he, right. Like he's, he's the definition of like, if he's not on a good team, yep. he just won't play that well. And look, most teams should take a 15th ranked quarterback instead of trying to get the top five and ending oh, up at the bottom five. Oh my gosh. Five. I could go on. But we're not going to go on, but we could. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but another props to T Higgins and Jack Jones with two just snags in the Raiders and then the Bengals game. Yes. Those are nice. Dude, the first of all, the Bills game, the run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally looked like Alabama, like, you know, with AJ McCarron, where AJ McCarron would have like eight passing attempts. <laughs> I mean, be like five for eight with 50 yards. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Uh, unlike Alabama quarterbacks, <laughs> Lamar Jackson was a walking highlight reel in this game. Dude. He was just so slippery. 
the way that he just like moves around. There's one that honestly it was a bad throw, like it should have maybe been picked, but he like ducks out of the sack, back pedals away, then throws it up in the grass, snag it in between two guys. Like what? A, I mean, anyway, uh, so I've got the Dolphins without Tyreek Hill. That's like a highlight. Obviously, you don't want to not have Tyreek Hill, but the fact that they lose him, we saw the way that they looked without him against the Titans, and then they give him a week to like rescheme, not even a full week, but they rescheme, and they looked they look great against the Jets. Again, the Jets aren't a good team, but they've got a great defense. Waddle stepped up. They were scoring. Like um, I was impressed with the way, and so I'm excited. I'm assuming Tyreek Hill is going to be in the game against the Cowboys. Like it's going to be hard to keep him out of that game. Yeah, and uh, I'm I am very I'm very excited for that game. The only other highlight that I have to add personally mm-hmm. is. You got to throw a highlight in the Panthers getting their second one of the season. Dude, that is true. I mean, yeah, record low attendance, but defense actually looked pretty good. Obviously, it was pouring rain the whole time, but defense looked but pretty honestly, good. But that, honestly, that, the record attendance makes this even more of a highlight because, like, as a player, you get there and you're like, what the heck? Like, yeah, that motivates you some, but then also you're like, what the heck? Yeah, what the heck? And and then you win. That That's a highlight. It is, man. Good for Bryce Young yeah. getting some confidence, so. Uh, Lions were a highlight to me. They bounced yeah. back. They looked like a force. Again, I don't really know what I think about the Broncos. It was weird. They kept beating some teams that I had in the top 10 in power oh, rankings, yeah. but then I wasn't sure. So I kept them out and then this happens. But anyway, I don't want to diminish the highlight of the too. Lions. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs, your guy. Too little too late. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, uh, let's do random thoughts. Anything that we haven't covered yet? No. MVP. What does that mean? Most. most valuable player. Here's my argument. So say Lamar and Brock Purdy are right here, right? And they're they're in the MVP race. You take Brock Purdy out of the 49ers. The 49ers do suffer some, absolutely. But if you take Lamar out of the Ravens, I think the Ravens are a lot worse off at that point than the 49ers without Brock Purdy. So if you're talking about valuable player, you got to have Lamar in in that slot. Yeah, that's fair about Lamar Jackson. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not opposed to him being MVP. Yeah, I mean, for, and he's so slippery. Mm. I mean, <laughs> dude, he's a slippery fella for sure. Um, other I, thought, I, I, oh. I, I'm starting to kind of agree with you, man, on the Chiefs. Like, not fully. I still think they're going to be. Uh, you don't want to play them in the playoffs with Andy Reid. And with Patrick Mahomes, I, I I think the head coach and the quarterback being both at the elite level they are, you just don't want to play them in a playoff game. You just don't. But they do not look like the Chiefs. Dude, so I I I get what you're saying. Where like you don't, it's always gonna be Patrick Mahomes. It's always gonna be Andy Reid. <laughs> One, I think the example of like someone's got to catch the footballs. That that's becoming yeah. really apparent. It's like he's not even throwing to a net. I would trust Patrick Mahomes throwing to a net <laughs> way better. But if you look at it, I would rather play the Chiefs than the Ravens. I would rather play, if the Bills make it, I'd rather play the Chiefs than the Bills. I would probably rather play, I would rather play the Dolphins. Or sorry, I'd rather play the Chiefs than the Dolphins. Absolutely not. I would play the Chiefs, or I'd play the Dolphins six times before I play mm. the Chiefs in the playoffs. Fair enough. Well, I don't know, man. All I'm saying is like, it, it really, to me, and I guess this is why I've kind of been high on the Chiefs all year, maybe a little bit artificially high. It's like, it, it, it's not quite the Brady-Belichick like Belichick effect. Uh-huh. 
But at the same time, it's 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 the closest thing that we've ever had, I think, to Brady Belichick, and uh, obviously recently is the Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid. Like Andy Reid's a great coach, dude. Mm-hmm. He has so much experience. He's so good at what he does. And then to have, I mean, hands down, the number one QB. Yeah. Right. They can just make stuff happen. That's why in a playoff game, I think, yeah, you're seeing some sloppy stuff in the regular season. And that's still what kind of makes me nervous about like, I don't know if they're going to be an AFC championship team. I mean, obviously it looks like they're going to make the playoffs, but are they even going to win the first game? Like, but when you're talking about the playoffs and you have a couple weeks to prepare and you give that time to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, it's similar to my head, not quite as, as great, of course, as, as Brady Belichick, but it's similar in my head because it's like anytime you give those two people time to prepare, it's typically not a good thing for the other team. That's fair. Um, I'm going to say another random thought that I had were, well, one, it's starting to get interesting. The games are starting to be fun. The good upsets, the December upsets we were talking about earlier. But this is just an observation I have. I think the Bears are are close to being a decent team. Not a good team, but a decent team. I'm like a not, wild card team. Yeah, like yeah. a fringe playoff team. They almost got into it this year. Mm-hmm. I think Eberflus might need to go. I'm not sure. But here's my actual thought. I do not think that the Bears should abandon Justin Fields for Caleb Williams. I think that's a bad decision. I think they need to trade their pick keep their actual, I don't know if they'll end up with like five, six or what they'll have, but then trade the Panthers number one, get some some whatever you need right now, build it. Stick with Justin Fields. I don't think, I've, I might eat these words, but I don't think Caleb Williams is all that. I definitely don't think he's a generational talent that people are talking about. I think Justin Fields has shown potential. I'm not saying he's amazing, but like in this game against the Browns, like when I say they're close, they had a Hail Mary that their guy almost caught in the end zone. He just like fumbled it back up. I don't know. That was just my my take. I would I, get rid of that first pick and get something good for it. If the Bears Duh do Bears. not trade that pick, mm-hmm. or at least at the bare at the absolutely bare minimum, mm-hmm. if they don't get such a solid offensive or defensive lineman, or like a generational talent on the defensive side of the ball with the first overall pick, if they draft a QB at one. I'm turning off the NFL for the rest of my life. Like you won't do it. That is the stupidest. Like you want to know something crazy? And you'd you'd 100 agree with this. Let's talk about the last eight years drafting QBs. Now there's been some really good QBs that have came out in the last eight years: Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. At this point, you'd probably put Brock Purdy in the top ten mm-hmm. of quarterbacks that come out in the last eight years, mm-hmm. right? And he was the, what pick? Mr. Irrelevant. So like, you're spending all your time trying to figure out a QB and toss them prematurely in a system where like, do I think Justin Fields is the best QB in the league? No. But do I think he's a bad QB? No. He's got a lot of potential. He makes some good, I mean, yeah, he makes some bad decisions, but he makes some really good decisions as well. Mm -hmm. And like, he's physical enough. He extends plays enough. Like, if you build a team around him, it could be similar to like a Brock Purdy situation where like, hey, all of a sudden Justin Fields put up great numbers because, oh, we got DJ Moore. And then, oh, now we have a great running game. Oh, we have good linemen. It's like, I don't know, dude. If no. they draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. Well, Caleb Williams will probably be number one. I just, I don't think it's. Dude, there, that's also a hot topic yeah, it's, right now. It is interesting. It definitely shouldn't be Drake May though. Um, anyway. There's some people who want Drake May. 
people people have thoughts. But let's we're talking <laughs> about this. Let's do the power rankings first. Okay. You want to hit it first? I would love to. With CJ Stroud coming back, I got the Texans at 10, mm-hmm. dude. I think Stroud will come back pretty healthy, feeling sexy. Mm-hmm. Browns at nine. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just going to do it. I got the Lions at eight. I have a 10-win team at eight, and it hurts me to say that, especially after the win they just had. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I've said this for how long? How many weeks? Lions are going to make the playoffs, win their division, and then <laughs> lose the game, the first playoff game. I got Bills at seven. Uh-huh. Um, they've looked really good the last couple weeks. But then it, it just gets tough. The top eight gets tough, man. Kansas City at six. I, once again, I, maybe a little artificially high, but I still think the the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes combination in the playoffs, is gonna, it's just so tough. Mm-hmm. Eagles at five. Do they have some issues? Yes. Do I think their season's over? Absolutely not. Right. They're still 10 and four. They still have great pieces around them and a good coaching staff. It depends on how they bounce back, obviously, the next couple of games. I got the Cowboys at four. They got blown out. But at the same time, they've done the same thing to teams. And we all know they suck on the road. So <laughs> That shouldn't be surprising. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting, the Miami game. Yeah. what ha- If they get blown out again, I think that'll be a big sign of weakness. But I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I got the Dolphins at three. I hate putting them at three. I don't know why. I've just, I, don't, maybe I just don't like the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> They have a dynamic offense. Defense is not looking bad at all. Um, Tyra Kill's coming back, which is really going to help them mm-hmm. um, against the against the Cowboys. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because they lack experience, and I just think like Tua, when when he gets under these pressure situations, maybe doesn't do as well as other QBs. But you still got to put him at three based on the potential and what's going on. I got Ravens at two. I think Lamar Jackson wins the MVP, and Lamar Jackson if he stays healthy. That's a tough yep. team to play in the playoffs. And then 49ers at one. I mean, if they play the way they're not, they are right now, there's no reason that they should not be the number one team in the NFC and then make a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, number 10, I actually have the Bengals. Uh, Texans is fair. Jags, to me, have a higher upside of a lot of the other ones, but dropping three straight by just destroying themselves, I'm bringing them out. Uh, Jake Browning has looked really good also so props to him nine i've got the brown that's a bing no Bengals 10 nine browns i had them a little bit higher and dropped them back joe flacco was a little bit worrisome this week but at the same time like the thing that i will say about the browns is they have like so much grit and keep finding ways to win like they've had so many injuries and keep finding a way to get it done and that to me deserves a lot of props you know what i mean uh eight chiefs they finally won one but like, so their win against New England was not very convincing to me. Mm. I really wanted a statement win after the last few weeks. And it's just like, Patrick Mahomes looks great, honestly. He just can't do it all himself. And so I'm not saying that they're going to finish the season eighth, but right now I think they're the eighth best team. Eight, eighth best team. Then seven, I've got the Eagles. They've lost three straight. Mm. Uh, they weren't looking that good when they were winning. And then they dropped three. You took the Niners to ninth when they lost three. You said they looked like a JV team. And they <laughs> lost by a combined 21 points in those three games. And the Eagles lost by 46 points in those three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, six, I've got the Lions. They won. It was a good win. But the Broncos, I'm, I don't know what I think about yeah. the Broncos. And so they won. It was a good win. I'm still not sure. I think they have potential to make a good run later. But I just don't have a ton of faith in them. Uh, so that was lions at six. Okay. I've got the bills actually at five. I had them at seven last week. 
I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. It's weird putting an eight and six team at five. But if I look at who I think are the five best teams in the NFL right now, you've got to put the Bills in that conversation. Uh, again, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but if they do, I wouldn't want to be playing them. Mm-hmm. Then four Cowboys. So this is where it's interesting right here. Uh, the next two for me are the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They're in the same bucket the whole year. I've been like, I don't really know what to make of either 100%. one of these two teams. And so this week, it's going to be really exciting to see what happens from it. Uh, right now, I'm going Cowboys four, Dolphins three. But that's just because I think the Dolphins are going to win this week. Uh, Ravens and Niners. These are the top two now. I think that this very well could be a Super Bowl preview. I think these two teams look right now head and shoulders above the rest of the NFL. I think I'm going to go Ravens two, Niners one. But I mean, Lamar's looking nice. But I, but I, I think it's like Niners just look so complete. Like they just look like they're constructed so well top to bottom. Yeah. So, so that's my pitch there. Well, how crazy is it that literally over Christmas, we're going to have the 49ers play the Ravens and the Dolphins play the Cowboys. I know th- like, this week so we get sick. this week. We get the top four teams for me and you, right? Yeah. Also, good job. Finally putting some respect on the Ravens name. You had them at four yeah, last week. That was a lot. Anyway, uh, I'm excited to see how that shakes up, but we've got, let's do Super Bowl contenders now. Okay. So you hit it first. Why don't you do your top four ranked NFC teams in terms of who you think has the potential to make the Super Bowl from the NFC? Do you have a playoff picture by chance? I don't. You want me to go first? Yeah. yeah you can first. Okay, so I'll go first for the NFC. Right now, I've got Niners' number one spot. I think that they're most likely to, to make it to the Super Bowl from the NFC. Two, I've actually got the Eagles. I don't think they're playing the best right now, but if I... My other two teams that I have in the top four are the Lions and the Cowboys. Yeah. And if I look at those, Eagles have the best shot of putting it all together at the right time. And so I have them right now. So like my concern for the Niners, the reason that they wouldn't make the Super Bowl is injuries. My concern for the Eagles is that they just don't turn it around and that they keep having to win close games because it's like their point differential is low. And so that's like a little bit concerning moving forward. Mm -hmm. Then three, I've got the Lions. Uh, my concern for them is they've had an easy strength of schedule. They're not like that clutch right now. Um, and they've had some good games that just like, or like they've just gotten blown out a couple yeah, times, yeah. but they have the potential that's there. They've got a really high powered offense and with Gibbs and Montgomery, it's like, that's nice. And then Cowboys are my fourth most likely team to make it from the NFC right now. My concern is that they just play really bad situational ball and that they're terrible on the road and that we know how it happens at the end of the season for them. Yeah. So that's why, like, they're constructed fairly well, but I just don't have any faith in them in the playoffs. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to go similar. I'm going to say 49ers at one. I mean, I I think that comes to Mm -hmm. a surprise. The NFC, dude, is so weird where you have, like, three 10-win teams, an 11-win team, and the next closest is seven. Oh, yeah. It's just a weird... The NFC is just weird. Anyway, 49ers at one. Um, Dude, as much as I hate saying this, I Mm -hmm. think it's Cowboys at two. And the reason I put the Cowboys at two, yes, do they suck on the road? Yeah. But I think there's a real chance that they win that division. Yeah. The NFC um, East. I think there's a chance they win that division, have a home playoff game in the divisional, mm-hmm. right? Win that and then make it to the um, NFC championship. And that's the game where they have to put everything together. And go to most likely Santa Clara. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a very tough game. But 
I don't know, man. They're they they look like a more complete team from a talent perspective than the Eagles do to me right now. From uh both actually, I agree with right now, ball. which is why I have them higher in the power rankings. I just think in terms of uh if I look at their roster and I'm like, start the season over or like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I like the Eagles a little bit more. Yeah. So the three, I got Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think experience helps here. I also think that, I mean, the alarms are ringing, but they're not going off completely yet yep. where they still have a bunch of good pieces. And don't forget, like Nick Sirianni is a, is a great coach and they're going to put together some really good game plans. I feel like for the playoffs, Mm-hmm. And that tush puts man in the playoffs. How many times are you third and two? Dude, that's fair. You know? That's fair. So anyway, I got the Eagles at three, and then I got um, the Lions at four. They're gonna win the division and lose first playoff game. So convinced. I'm so convinced <laughs> about that. All right, let's. Uh, I'll do AFC now. Uh, one is the Ravens to me. My yeah. concern for them is running back injuries because Mitchell's now out for the season. Mm-hmm. They have been leading the league in rushing yards, and obviously you still have Lamar, but now you're down two running backs. That's just, that's like, I still like them. They're still my favorite. I think they're going to be in the AFC championship, but that's the concern. The number two, I've got the bills. I think if they make it to the playoffs, this is why there's like a big asterisk on this. I think they're probably the second most dangerous team coming out of the AFC, but they're currently, if the season were to end right now on the outside looking in, then three, I'm going to go dolphins. I think my concern with them is their ability to play close games. Well, I think part of it too is their explosive offense isn't built to control the clock and like run down someone's throat. Uh, but maybe that's by, I don't know. You know what I mean? Then four is Chiefs. Obviously, the, the upside is you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. The downside, the concern is they don't look like the Chiefs of the past and they don't have receivers they can catch the ball. It's like even Kelsey dropped a touchdown pass. Like at this point, you can always say, well, they still have Patrick Mahomes. But if you look at the resume of these other three teams, or like not the resume, if you look at the way they're built and then look at the Chiefs, yeah. it's like, okay, you have Patrick Mahomes, but it's like clearly you're giving the best player the worst team here. Yeah. So I like it, man. I mean, and it makes a lot of sense. And you're going to flip it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm going to go the Ravens at one. I think Harbaugh uh-huh. is a great coach. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be, I mean, a force to be reckoned with. And their defense actually played well this season. I, I think they have the dynamics to, you know, make an AFC championship mm-hmm. and potentially go to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to still stick with Ravens at one. I'm going Chiefs at two. And yes, maybe it's a little bit biased because the last few years. But in the playoffs, you really need three really good things. You need a great game plan from the coaching staff, right? You need to like understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. You need to have a great game plan going to the game. Number two, you need to have a good defense. You need to be able to play defense well and not get obviously just torched on defense and be able to maybe have a turnover too. But then three, and you can argue kind of one, two, or three, what's most important is you need a great quarterback, right? Like it's, it's been pretty much shown over the last 10 years, you need a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Now there have been some outliers, Right mm-hmm. now, you have Matthew Stafford. When is he a great QB? I don't know. We can debate that. But all in all, typically you need a really good quarterback to win a Super Bowl, right? And I think that's where the Chiefs shine. Yes, their wide receivers aren't that good. Yes, they have some holes. But when you put together a good game plan and you put the game in Patrick Mahomes' hand, as long as the defense plays pretty well, they don't have to play outstanding, but they play, they play pretty well. I would not want to play them in the playoffs. So Chiefs at two, 
number three, I have the Bills. I'm putting the Dolphins at four. Screw the Dolphins, man. No, number three is the Bills, and, and kind of the same reason. I think if Josh Allen doesn't have to be Superman, you don't want to play the Bills because you don't really want to play the Bills if Josh Allen is Superman. <laughs> but if he can actually kind of play a great game plan, and and uh, I think that comes to experience. They've been in the playoffs the last couple of years and, and had a couple of big runs. And anyway, I, I think if they make the playoffs, you also don't want to play them. But Fort Dolphins, I don't know. Maybe it's a lack of experience. Maybe it's the offense. Maybe it's like... I. Maybe it's Tua. I, don't I mean, know. you're out on the dog. You've, just, you've never just, been about them this year. Not, I just haven't, man. Because I, yes, I see them blowing out some teams, and I see that. But it's like, if you have a good game plan going into a playoff game, like first of all, you, you're not gonna get blown out, right? Like a, a playoff team, yeah. right, with a good game plan and a good defense will not get blown out. So if you take away like that piece of the Dolphins' offense, right, and that means they have to play really good defensive ball. Right, because typically the, the teams in, mm-hmm. in the playoffs have great offenses. They have to play really good on the defensive side of the ball, but then they also have to find a way to score if Tyreek Hill is shut down. Good coaches shut good players down, and then you have to beat beat them with other players. Well, so that's where I like that the Dolphins were able to play well without Tyreek Hill against the Jets. The Jets are going to be one of the best defenses you would see in the playoffs. Obviously, you're not going to see the Jets in the playoffs, but you get what I'm saying there. Like they're a good defense, and they look good without Tyreek Hill. So that's comforting to me where it's like with the Chiefs, it's like Rashi Rice now is like the only one who can catch the ball. He's right. like, besides Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Kelsey even had a drop in the yeah. end. I'm, I know. But it's like, so you you lock him down. He's getting older. It's like, what can Patrick Mahomes do? You know what I mean? Somehow come out at halftime with a, a high ankle sprain <laughs> and then just come back from a, what, a 17 point deficit? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. You're just scarred from last year. That's yep. what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Here's your pain. All right, unqualified picks so far on the 2023 season. I am 43, 31, and one, and you are 33, 41, and one. Wow, dude, congratulations. Congratulations. We've got one more week. We will obviously, next episode, you will not be here, but we'll give the totals. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. Uh, We were both two and three this week. Wasn't a great week. Like I said, I thought I had a push, didn't have a push. I felt like I had a lot. So we both had the Panthers, which... Let's just eliminate that one. Then I had the Ravens and the Jags. Ravens covering, they did. I also had the Rams over 27 and a half. They hit that. Then the other two games, I had the Texans-Titans. I had Tennessee minus two and a half, and they lost to the Texans in overtime. And then the the end, it was almost a tie, I thought. And then the Bengals-Vikings, I lost by 0.5 points. You had Broncos plus five, which it was because of the refs, dude. That's the only reason you lost that one, obviously. Then the Cowboys Bills nailed that one. Dude. Like none of yours were close, good or bad. I know. <laughs> then 49ers Cardinals, he said the Cardinals that were not gonna cover. Close. That's but it was also garbage time. Yeah. Like they were up by like 21 at one point. And then Eagles, Seahawks. You were smart. You took the Seahawks. I think you asked, I think you actually said, I think that the Eagles might lose this game. I'm pretty sure you said that last week because it's pretty smart. Yeah. Don't listen to what they say about you online. You're pretty smart. <laughs> I don't. Good. I'm just kidding. All right. You want to go first, though? Yeah. What, what we got coming into this week? All right. So today, right now. Right here. I have Chargers plus 11 and a half against the Bills. Did they just blow the Cowboys out by 75 million points? Yes. And did the Chargers just... get blown out by the Raiders? 
Yes. But traditionally, when that happens, both teams come back to equilibrium after the next game. So I think it's actually a pretty close game. I like Buffalo. Six, you think it's like, going to be a close game? Like, I think seven. I okay. think Buffalo's going to win by a touchdown, but I think that's kind of it. Um, I like Packers minus four and a half against Panthers. Easy. Duh. Duh. Commanders plus three versus uh, the Jets. Mm-hmm. So I'm switching up here. I'm going Commanders plus three mm-hmm. because the Jets have given up and the Commanders probably should give up, but um, they had some fight in them against the Rams. They had a little bit of dog in them, even though they couldn't score from the, the half yard That's line. fair. That's fair. I like the Commanders plus three against the Jets. Let's bench Sam Howell again. Why not? Ravens plus five and a half versus the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I think this is actually going to be a closer game than people think. I think it's going to be, I don't know. I would I would not be surprised if the Ravens actually end up pulling it out. Mm. But regardless, I think it's to be a little bit closer game than six points by the 49ers. Giants plus 12 against the Eagles. Eagles have a lot of holes, man. I mean, I feel like a JV quarterback could throw on the, against the Eagles secondary right now. And if you mean to tell me, Tommy. Also, they're the fifth best team in the NFL right now, according to you. Yeah, dude. But they have, a lot of, <laughs> they have some hold that they, okay. So the way I look at the Eagles, like, I think they're going to figure out the offense. I'm not too worried about that. Their front seven is, is solid. That's fair. But their secondary sucks. <laughs> like, dude, think about that. They oh, just, oh, no. Debo called it out. He's like, they're doo-doo. Yeah, dude. And Drew Locke throwing, like, first of all, great mm-hmm. throw, whatever. I don't care. That should never happen. <laughs> like, with, what, 30 seconds to go? That's, that's the one play. That's the one play you can't let happen. Jalen Hurts' face at the end was tough. Anyway. Tough. Uh, Giants plus 12 versus plus Eagles. Danny, Tommy, DeVito. Tommy, Danny. Tommy, Danny. I, I always forget his name now because you say that. <laughs> <laughs> cutlets. We're talking about cutlets. So I'm riding with you on the Packers versus Panthers. Green Bay minus four and a half. They fumbled big time the last two weeks. But I mean, I don't think they're going to do it again to the Panthers. <laughs> no. Panthers aren't going to get a third one this year. Then Dolphins at Cowboys. I'm going to ride with the Dolphins minus mm. one and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this game. <laughs> yeah, I think it could too. be really good. I also think it could be really disappointing. Like nothing so. will surprise me from this game in Correct. any way, shape, or form. I agree. Then Ravens at 49ers. I'm going to flip it with you. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Two reasons. One, like I said, well, this isn't a reason. Like I said earlier, I think the Ravens are a very good team. I think this might be a Super Bowl preview. But they just lost another running back. They are coming, continuing their road trip, going from Jacksonville out to Santa Clara. Like the odds are just stacked much more for the 49ers. So even if they're equal teams, I like the 49ers by like three in this game. And then I think the 49ers are about like three points better at this point. So by my calculations, that's six. That's six. <laughs> so I'm taking the minus five and a half. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, then Colts at Falcons. I don't know why this is only or the, why the Falcons are minus one in this game. I think the Colts keep getting disrespected. Yeah. They're on top of the division right now. And then the Falcons just lost to the Panthers. Yes, there might be a revenge game, whatever, but like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm falling victim to this trap, but I have Indianapolis cover, covering this minus one or plus one, sorry. Um, okay, last two games, two or well, last one game, I have two options. One is Raiders at Chiefs. Vegas is, or the Chiefs are a 10 point favorite. So I want to have Vegas covering plus 10, but then it's like, you don't score points. You score 63 Patrick Mahomes, not sure how this fits. So the one I think I'm going to go to is the game tonight, aka Thursday night, 
the Saints at Rams. So it's in LA. This game has big playoff implications. In fact, like the Saints are in, I think, right now. So mm. somehow, as bad as the NFC South is, there are two teams right here. So winner of this has a very good shot at the playoffs. And my money and my pick is on the Rams. What's crazy about the NFC South is there's what two teams now? They're seven and seven. Yeah. So so it's not actually not as you know. Well, they're also playing each other. So yeah, that's that. good point. Yeah. You get to play two NFC South. Well, you get to play three. Let's see. Six NFC South games uh-huh. a year. It's like, yeah, that's six W's. Very nice. Math. Um, but so I, it's my, it's four for the Rams. I like them. We mentioned them earlier. Matthew Stafford's playing good. Cup and Puka playing good. I like this. Minus four. And the Saints are coming off a good game. Don't trust them to follow that up. I like that. Yeah. I love someone playing well one week and then not, <laughs> not doing it next. Yeah. Cause you've been watching the Eagles do it several weeks in a row. Yeah. Sorry, that was mean. All right. Christmas movie draft. Last draft of your co-hosting career. You might be on too. Let's share that with people. Oh, you yeah, might be coming sure. back on. For sure. So, but as a co-host. I go first here? Really? Yeah. So snake draft, you get first pick. I'm second. Um, we will. So the draft is our favorite Christmas movies. We're going to go ahead and put uh, It's a Wonderful Life in the honorable mention god tier so it's a wonderful life is off the table we'll put that as like pick zero for both of us what you got for pick i'm gonna one? go one that that has probably the biggest impact nationwide the grinch stole christmas i mean is this the jim carrey one this is all of them and combined okay. in one this is the grinch right i'm going the grinch, the grinch at number one i mean just saw a play or a musical about the grinch the other day in austria yeah. theater yeah great becca's favorite movie the Grinch. The new one, the kid one's really good. We bought it. We I've watched actually it. watched both. I mm-hmm. watched the kid and the... I think they're making another Jim Carrey one, too. Are they? Jim I mean, Carrey what, was good. Dude, Jim crushed Carrey it. crushed it. Crushed it. I'm going with the kids, Jim Carrey. I'm going with all the All above. of the Grinch. Number one, Grinch. That is a very tough pick to follow because it was a great one. I'm going to do two of the most nostalgic favorite ones for me, which are one for me, Elf, two for me, Home Alone. So those are one and two for me. Gosh, not the BB gun. I'm going to go nostalgia as well. Ooh. I'm going to go the Polar Express. That's a good one. It's on my list. Right. I mean, the Polar Express, man. I used to watch that as a kid. And it still kind of gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. It makes me feel something on the inside. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with one that uh, kind of like the Grinch, but Ebenezer. Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm going with a Christmas corral. <laughs> a Christmas Steve Corral. <laughs> Three for me, Christmas vacation. Chevy Chase. National Lampoons. National Lampoon. Gosh, dang it. Love that one. Then number four for me is Tim Allen Santa Claus. No. Uh, <laughs> I like that one a lot. A good one. Don't take my number five. Oh, but there's, I won't have so many that I want. Yeah. So you're fine, dude. You're yeah, fine. it's fine. It's fine. All right. A couple more classics here. Four for me, a Christmas story. I mean, can you picture those glasses in a movie? I mean, a Christmas story is just unbelievably nostalgic, baby. Mm-hmm. Number five, last one. I'm going with Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Charlie Brown Christmas. I mean, Charlie Brown was probably one of those people who he knew how to how to have fun, right? He knew yeah. how to 
make the people make the kids laugh mm-hmm. and that that gives me happiness okay. on the inside there are four picks on out four picks i want one spot so three honorable mentions honorable mention number one four christmases okay love that i watch it like every year two christmas with the cranks another tim allen so i didn't want to do two tim allens on this three love actually but four the one i'm going to go with is die hard it's a christmas movie die hard. it's a christmas movie <laughs> why do you say that because it takes place at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. But I love Christmas. I'm going to go watch one tonight. I'm listen to some Christmas music. Yeah, go home. Get off your phone. Watch some Christmas movies. Listen to some Christmas music. Okay. Spread some Christmas cheer. Cheer. Eat, Eat. some Christmas cookies. Cookies. Drink some eggnog. Unless Ooh, you don't do like, like eggnog. eggnog. And if you don't like eggnog, don't drink eggnog. But if you do, then do drink some eggnog. Eggnog's good, dude. That's, that's not my favorite, but I'm coming around on it. I'll go, I'll go like a... Cinnamon? A spiced apple cider. Ooh. Like a spiked? Spiced. Spiked. Oh, spiced. Nice. Spiked. Spiced. Ooh. Ooh. Last episode. 2023. Oh, 2023. Yes. Isn't that crazy? So last one with Christian's the full host. Thank you for saying that, by the way. I am the full host. Thank you for saying that. I'm carrying this podcast.